Hey guys, just a heads up, during one of our topics, Alex and I spoil some of the plot details of both Mad Max Fury Road and Avengers Age of Ultron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the unofficial, soon-to-be-official, Alpha Phi Omega Zeta Omicron podcast. My name is oh. Greg Yasuda, and with me today is... Oh, Alexander Wilk. How's everybody doing? Doing great, Alex. How are you? Not too bad. Glad to okay. be here. Not joining us today is a former president of Alpha Phi Omega Zeta Omicron, whom you could probably guess the identity of, but uh, I think we'll save that as a surprise for later. Oh, yeah. That'll be a fun. Definitely. Uh, for the before, so yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling everyone knows who that is already, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, for the uninitiated, the APOZL podcast is a conversational podcast where we will discuss the recent chapter events and activities from the past week. Every week, well, maybe, we also try and feature an uh, alumni from the chapter in the form of an interview or a guest appearance. If you are listening to this, this really isn't that show, and I'm sorry, but... This show, for lack of a better word, is a, a stress test because, frankly, I was pretty sure something would go wrong. And if you were here with me it and did. Alex for the past 30 <laughs> minutes, something did yeah. go wrong. Oh, so yeah. I'm glad we got in front of that. We got so, that out of there. As such, you're going to get Alex and myself for the next, I don't know, hour or so. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about some... the first part, so I'll let you talk for the second part. Oh, there you go. Uh, we will be talking about uh, maybe some APO stuff, maybe not. Now, as most of you probably know, graduation for Cal Poly was this past weekend. Well, it was actually yesterday and today. So to start off the show, I want to say congratulations to all the graduates, APO and non-APO, and just general Cal Poly students alike. Eh, I forgot those guys. We don't know them. <sighs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's really interesting how many... Well, I was in slow... When was that? I can't remember. It was like the Long weekend. Enough. Well, no, I went to I went down there like two weeks ago with oh, okay, Je- cool. with Jess and Cat. Oh, Cat was there. Cool. Yeah, and um, some few How things. How are they doing, changed. by the way? They're doing great. Uh, everyone, I feel like everyone's going back to school. Um, uh, well, anyways, uh, it's weird how few people I know. And yet, the few people I do know, I know pretty well. Like, for That's example, cool. like, JP, like, just because I was rooming with him or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's actually Pledge Ed now, or he was Pledge Ed this past what? year. What? Yeah, so, yeah, I heard about that. That was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And Alex right. Miller is Prez. I mean, that's pretty sweet. That so. seemed like his logical progression, oh, it, don't you think? It made perfect sense. I have, I'm not objectable in the way, least way possible, but... I am so proud of that kid. I remember yeah. when I, I met Alex, like, I remember I was, like, his first interview exclusively because we had the same area code. I feel like he's from... <laughs> I'm uh, gonna, Alex, if you end up listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, but he's f- from either Santa Rosa or Petaluma, and we have the same area code, which is 707. I'm from Vallejo. Oh, cool. <laughs> and and <laughs> Petaluma and Santa Rosa is actually, like, an hour away. So <laughs> I, I don't know how much we have in common in that sort but anyways like even when like yeah definitely but even like when i got to know him i I felt like he had a lot of potential in the chapter and that that was really evident like when he um, ended up becoming ic chair oh yeah definitely and then uh service vp so that was great yeah 
Oh yeah, there you go. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. He started off there, and anyway, and yeah, but I mean, it's all been an uphill thing for him. Everything's been going great. I mean, I hate I hate to supersede you, but um, I I first met him when I was recruiting him to A5O. There you go. And I just instantly I'm like, this kid is going to be awesome. He's got to join. So that was, I will claim all credit for that. No, I'm kidding. Most of it's on Miller. He does most of it the stuff himself. Yeah, so, yeah. Really, he, he really puts himself out there, and he's not afraid oh. to say hi to people. And yeah, that's, very that's motivated. Re that's really rare to find in the chapter, especially mm -hmm. considering how much people hate boothing and oh yeah, stuff like that. Anyways, um, so I have a list of topics. I know cool. you have a list of topics. How about you start us off with, with something that you're either dying to ask me or vice versa? Well, I saw on your list of topics, and then I was like, hey, I should totally, I was going to throw that out there, but hey, that was really cool. Daredevil, Netflix, the remake or reboot or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, as a show instead of the movie that Ben Affleck was in. Uh, I'm not going to say he acted in it, but he was in the movie. Uh, what did you think of the new, the Netflix first season of Daredevil? I, I really liked it, but I'm going to... I'm going to ask you something really fast. All right, sure. Did you see the director's cut of Daredevil starring Ben I Affleck? I did. And um, uh, Colin Farrell was much – he got a lot more chance to shine in that version of the movie. Yes. Which I thought was really cool uh, because he was basically the only one who was vaguely entertaining other than Mike, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, the kingpin of that yeah. movie, who was legitimately – if one thing was better in the movie – then was in the show. I prefer that Kingpin over the show Kingpin. Okay. So, so yeah, that's one thing, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because I disliked the Ben Affleck Daredevil like when I saw it in theaters so much that when I saw the director's cut, I was like, okay, this is watchable. Yeah, but I, I, do think, I do think the director's cut is worth seeing if you do find the Ben Affleck Daredevil pretty awful. Mm -hmm. It's worth seeing because it is watchable. At it's that very point. entertaining. Yeah, it completely changes how the movie is sort of presented. Definitely, and I, I, that kind of speaks to the, I guess, the studio kind of just really taking over and mm -hmm. just doing what they wanted with that, or them saying you need to hit this running time mark or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, back to what you were talking about, Daredevil, the Netflix show. Mm -hmm. Um, just some general thoughts. I thought it was great. Um. I like the the lead actor. His name is escaping me right now. Uh, Charlie Cox, I think. Yes, that is his name. Charlie Cox, I like him. I mean, it, it's very, very reminiscent of what Ben Affleck did in the role, but it's it's different just because hmm. you have all these episodes to get to know him and who he is. And it, it didn't really linger on his origin too much, which I was really grateful that they did because I, I feel like we all kind of know that despite not knowing who Daredevil is, really, but yeah, it's kind of like... I mean, it's, he went blind, and then he developed. I mean, we wanted, to, for this, I, I feel like origins have been done to death, and they're going to yeah. be doing them to death a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, so that, I was cool with it, and what they did of his origins was very informative. Um, although, Stick is supposed to be Asian, but whatever, um, in that regard... And if you haven't seen the show, you have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. But that's cool because we'll just run, ramble from there. Um, hopefully, we'll hit a topic that you are familiar with. Um, 
But yeah, that that was a bit meh, but whatever. They had a it was a very diverse cast, which was very cool, I thought. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They um, killed off about half the cast, which was pretty impressive. Most of them were bad guys. Yeah. Uh are they really dead though? I don't want to mention who it is just in Yeah, we're not gonna mention who we won't spoil it for you. But yeah. I feel like some of them are very dead. I mean one of them just disappeared, so Yeah. That the, those will probably be back. Uh, the, the people who just made appearances. Um, I have a feeling that the cooler characters will probably return in some form, whether it's a shout-out or a straight-up resurrection of some sort. Yeah. Man, we'll see. Did you see who they cast as the Punisher? I did not. I, haven't, I had no idea that the Punisher was going to be included. Uh shoot. I just lost it. <laughs> they ca- uh what's his name? It's it's Shane from The Walking Dead. Really? Oh, yeah. Shane. Yeah. I guess that other TV show didn't go too well for him. That one prohibition thing. Ugh. I had no idea. Ugh. Yeah, that show. <laughs> I haven't I never watched it, so yeah. It's uh what's his name? John Berthnall. Bernthal. Oh. Bernthal. Who is also in uh Wolf of Wall Street, but I Okay, so back to Daredevil. The yeah. most shocking and kind of off-putting thing for me was seeing um, Eldon Henson <laughs> from made famous from The Mighty Ducks, who played Fulton Reed, one of the Bash brothers. <laughs> yeah. That that just I don't know what was up with it. I don't. He played uh, what's his name Foggy in Daredevil, yeah, Foggy and I don't know. It's I just keep seeing him in a hockey uniform, and it's just throwing me off. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I didn't even realize that until you just said it to me. <laughs> and now that I, it's in my head, I can't get it out. I'm sorry. Good Lord. No, no worries. Uh, you know, my dad actually met Emilio Estevez. Really? Yeah, because, well, uh, that's a whole other story. But yeah, that was a, an interesting thing. But yeah, The Mighty Ducks. Those were funny movies. Wow, um, this, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, it's funny because that's like the only thing they, they list him on in his, uh, his, his Wikipedia I, article. Like, this top thing's Foggy Nelson and in, as Fulton Reed in The Mighty Ducks. And then he's like in a bunch of other stuff, but meh. This kind of, I'm going to go on a slight tangent here, but you mentioned Emilio Estevez, and this is kind of uh, my kind of defunct NHL playoff prediction from before. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so when the Ducks were still in the playoffs, I was kind of hoping for this stupid kind of the Ducks make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Mm. They, they go to game seven. <laughs> They're down at halftime. <laughs> and then they come out game seven in the classic Ducks uniforms. Oh, yeah. Bring back the old original. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that would happen, but they got knocked Green, off. So purple did. and the original Duck hockey mask. Exactly, and I wanted Emilio Estevez to come out at halftime and, and get the crowd going, but, but that didn't happen. They didn't, so They didn't do that when they won the Stanley Cup, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Yeah, but, that's um, a missed opportunity. Yeah, they, well, the Samuelis, who own the Ducks, Sam, mm-hmm. uh, Samuel Samuel, who owns the Ducks now, um, he has been trying to distance it from the Disney roots for as soon as he bought the team. Oh, definitely, you can he, tell. Yeah, we once had nothing to do with the Mighty Ducks, 
I think he would have changed the name away from the Ducks if he could, but it was just, you know, everyone knows him as the Ducks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But that would have been fun. It would have been. But, you know. Um, let's stay on the topic of Daredevil. We can talk about NHL later. But yeah. um, you mentioned that you liked Michael Clark Duncan's uh, Kingpin better than... Oh, uh, guy's name's escaping me right now. Um, Our like, baby who was cast as Kingpin. Not that... <laughs> I, I think it was the actor's fault. I think he was supposed to be, like, an overgrown child. Kind of, yeah. But... Um, the 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 chubbiness and the baldness and just like I thought it was I kept getting flashing back to um what's that uh, Spirited Away <laughs> oh believe it gosh. or not the, the oh enormous baby oh, the, uh, uh yeah. Ubaba's son Ubaba's son yeah and I'm just like look it's you yeah it's that kid uh especially when he was throwing temper tantrums like there's no other way of describing them uh, oh yeah for those who haven't seen the show you'll you'll know it when you see it. But, like, half the time he's, like, throwing stuff or I'll just leave it at hurting people. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's just childish. But yeah. But, hey, that's that was fun, sort of. It was yeah. interesting getting to know who Wilson Fisk was, though. It was. That was something that I've actually never really found out other than he went to – he was he lived in Asia. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure how faithful they were to the comics adaptation of it because I never really read much Daredevil unless yeah. he was – doing a crossover with Spider-Man or anything like that. Um, that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, if, if, that, if that ends up happening, that would be pretty cool. Um, although Punisher has been also one of the guys who most of the team stuff with him, which is why they're bringing him in. Uh, if they do end up doing it, but apparently that might be on the horizon. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Did you feel yeah. like that Daredevil, the way it was... Uh... I guess presented and edited, it was meant to be watched like in one sitting, like a binge watch. Like I did that. I, I'll admit, I watched um, I watched the first like three episodes, and I was like, these are pretty good. And then I just stopped and I, I went away for a while. And I'm like, oh, I should finish that. And then I just watched the rest of them over a weekend. And yeah. I think it helped because there was no like lull in that. But I could see them being parsed out over a certain amount of time. Yeah, they but didn't do... I feel like there wasn't as many, like, Game of Thrones kind of, oh my god, cliffhangers. No, there weren't. The there weren't. definitely weren't as many, like, straight up, like, oh, you have to know the next, what's going to happen next. Um, there were some. There were one or two. I mean, it, obviously, the length of Game of Thrones gives it a much higher chance of amazing cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and you know what was also kind of surprised me? The um, relative minimal casting of Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah, relatively few actors. Uh, uh, I mean, they kept it feeling like it was a busy, bustling uh, cast of characters, but there were relatively few actors and really only two actresses who got yeah. lines. That's true. Mm-hmm. You had uh, the main girl whose name is escaping me also. I'm, I'm very sorry. The blonde then, one. Yeah, and then you had Rosario Dawson whose character is escaping me, which is really irrelevant because as long as I identify who they are, that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, the white one and the Hispanic one. Yes. Oh, and oh, and the evil white chick who dated oh, yeah. Fisk. There you go. Yes. Although, yeah, that was interesting. 
Um, did you hear or read about the the theory of why Spider-Man wasn't in the Battle of New York if he is, in fact, in this universe? I have not. Where's that uh, at? Um, I can't remember what it was. I just remember reading about it, and they were saying that, much like Daredevil, where he's only protecting, like, Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Spider-Man is so small ball that when the Battle of New York happened that he wasn't even able to keep up with the big boys. Really? Yeah. Wow, like not even on a one-on-one level? Yeah, like he's like taking care of like robbers and stuff. He's still in like high school and doing these small things that the idea of him going against the Chitari was like way too much for him. Maybe. I I could see that, but I feel like he would have done like smaller scale stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, Like maybe he didn't suit up, but he was like, quietly using his spider senses to nudge people out of danger. Yeah. Although, one thing to remember is uh, he is technically in the suburbs of New York. Yeah. Uh, he's actually one of, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, but technically he's from like Queens or something mm-hmm. like that, a smaller yeah. borough or um, so he's not straight up in downtown Manhattan where a lot of the battles seem to be taking place. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is, of course, a little... Uh, a, a, a planet-wide invasion is just going to happen in Manhattan, you know, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but, um, yeah. So I maybe that he was elsewhere doing other things. But, Perhaps. Yeah. But maybe yeah, we'll see, see it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, we'll see how they tie it in. Or uh, maybe he was on a field trip. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that he was stuck in traffic somewhere <laughs> and that he couldn't just could, get up. You couldn't yeah, just like get he up. With, he was hanging out with Aunt May. And he was like, uh, Peter, we ha- we planned this picnic for six weeks. Something we like that. We have to enjoy this. Visiting Uncle Ben's grave. As many times as Toby Maguire's Peter Parker would just abandon Aunt May at the bank when it's getting robbed. Oh, would, yeah. I would like to think that this Spider-Man's not doing that. Yeah. Which they still haven't cast, by the way, but that's yeah. a whole other topic within yeah. itself. So Something whatever. Else. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. any any more thoughts on Daredevil or? Um, I thought it was kind of cool how because in all the comics when Daredevil was originally made, Hell's Kitchen was a, a legit like ghetto. It was a yeah. scary place. Nowadays it's like oh it's Hell's Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. You go there and it's trendy. They incorporated the Chitari invasion who have caused Hell Kitchen to be in the rough and awful state that it currently is with drug dealers and, uh, and you know, the beginning of Taken. <laughs> kind uh, of, yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah, you a- see it. You see it with the reporter, and, like, he's he got famous because he did the reports on uh, how the Incredible Hulk destroyed uh, Harlem and how yeah. the Battle of New York, he did the front-page article for that. Mm-hmm. So... It's cool how they're tying in the universe, but it, at the same time, you're reading about how Marvel TV is having this ongoing feud with Kevin Feige. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah we're like, I don't know if you've kept up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I really haven't either. I kind of just saw the finale, but it's kind of, it's getting kind of sloppy now where you're really, beg- you're really begging the question, like, why aren't there other people in this show? Mm. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, at this point, Marvel can really do no wrong. 
Yeah, so, they really can't. They're going to be making money off of Ant Man, and uh, that that that's a feat in of itself. Um, are you familiar with House of Cards? I am, but I am not very familiar. So I like know a little bit about it, and I've only seen a part of a couple episodes. Okay, then I don't think this joke's going to go over very well. So I'll, I'll save it for some other time. No, all right. <laughs> I'll right. catch up on Kevin Spacey's Southern Ramblin'. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Daredevil. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, we could also, ju- I mean, tie it into Age, uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron because we're talking about that too. I'm and down with Agents that. Of Shield. Let's do that. Um, I, I don't know about Agents of Shield. I'm not too well versed in Agents of Shield, but uh, I'm not. I, I will admit, I saw. I stopped at the mid-season uh, finale where, like, The Rock killed. Um, that dude and I think some like, like someone ever everybody got superpowers or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the last episode I saw I to get caught up on. But one thing that's gonna make me a little bit perplexed because a- Avengers: Age of Ultron, great movie. I yeah. think we can you mostly agreement on that. I mostly um, agree. That it's a good summer flick. Uh, I yeah. I I do recognize the problems that it has, but I will say it's if there's another movie that's in my like top three. But that's a whole nother conversation. But let's focus on Age of Ultron right now. Not ready. Um, I don't know. Continue with your thought. I just lost my train of thought. Oh no worries. Well, I was because at the end, I, I don't know if, if this is really a spoiler. Um, at the end of Age of Ultron, they're like training a new batch of fresh recruits or something. Yeah. And I they don't even really touch on it very much. It's just like, look, there's some people running in formation. They must uh-huh. have something to do with something. Uh-huh. Uh, what I'm I have no idea if that's completely separate of Agents of Shield. And if it is, what the heck? I mean, like, are they because anyone who's familiar with Agents of Shield, there's like this whole thing's going on ever since Captain America revealed Hydra was within Shield and whatnot. And yep. then there's this tiny little shield people who are honest and then there's a vast resources of hydra people who are obviously wrecking up stuff and creating um but that was like kind of caught odd to me but i mean cool thing about hydra is hey i guess they the formula worked because the scarlet uh scarlet witch and quicksilver were pretty badass uh, i thought they were pretty entertaining yeah definitely mm-hmm. interesting um, additions i i I don't know what the show's trying to do. I know what the movies are trying to do. I just oh, think yeah. all the stuff in the show is trying to shoehorn all this other stuff in. And uh, spoilers if you really care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. They really start hammering down in that second half of Season 2? 3? I don't know. I think uh, season 2, yeah. About uh, the Inhumans or whatever. Oh, and yeah. They really start hammering that stuff down, and that's all preparing for the Inhumans movie, which is in 2017 or whatever. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's like I said. It really begs the question of like, Shield is supposed to be so big. Um, Black Widow's part of Shield. Hawkeye's part of Shield, and yet you never see them. Uh, well, technically, they're not working for Shield anymore. In yeah, Age, Age of Ultron, they're just working straight up from Tony Stark. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Because Tony Stark is just like, we're the Avengers, and I, I just do everything, and this is all my money and whatnot. God knows how he's making any money anymore, other than just making up, showing up appearances at StarkCon. Um, so, yeah. That, that's the big question, but it's not the question. I think. Of course not. I mean, like, we're not worried about that. 
he he has the money. He has got gazillions of dollars. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, I mean, the funny thing is now that they've just straight up like determined that like everything is irrelevant to reality. They could just say, oh, and by the way, we don't use nuclear power anymore in the uh, Marvel universe because Stark's power core thingies have made them irrelevant, and maybe he's taking Edison out of a, a job. And he's uh, putting thousands of oil workers out of jobs and yeah, exactly. all that other stuff, but, you know, that's no big deal. It's superheroes. And, well, he's already leveled half of Africa, so, you know. <laughs> I think that's going to play into Civil War a lot, but mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing. Um, so you, spoilers for Age of Ultron, but I'm sure you've seen it. Um, well, it's so not really spoilers. It's like, yeah, he, he, it's Tony Stark has been involved in the leveling of uh, Africa, but they don't know how or why. Yeah. So you know, but I'm uh, pretty sure everyone has seen Age of Ultron by now. Yeah. So I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that assumption if anyone ends up listening to this. Of um, course. Yeah. So you know how uh, Nick Fury kind of shows up with that helicarrier. Yeah, kinda. that was just pulled out of there. Yeah. That, like, oh, by the way, here that was that was the perfect moment, incidentally, to bring in the Agents of Shield. That's it. Does get explained in Agents of Shield? Oh, it does. Oh, okay. It does, but I gotta it, catch up on that. But it's it makes you watch the show, but wa not watching the show, it doesn't really matter either. So. Yeah, because they're just like, look, Nick Fury's awesome, and he's got this amazing, enormous thing. He I has, was a little uh, bummed out that um uh, that they didn't they, the I mean I, okay should we just just say to hell with it and you know spoilers ahoy from here on out you know what I could do is I could just put a disclaimer at the beginning of this video or oh yeah or yeah yeah I'll, I'll just do that so go for okay, it okay hell with it then um it was pretty cool how they brought War Machine back in and they're like oh look War Machine's here to help save the day and then yeah and by the way he's part of the new squad of Avengers or whatever um but what the hell man like. If um, Captain Falcon, who isn't really ever called Captain Falcon, um, <laughs> was going to be a part of the new rebooted Avengers, why yeah. not help show give him a scene of him showing up and like rescuing someone or something? That's what I was wondering. They throw all this stuff about how like they're at the party or whatever, and like yeah. uh, Falcon or Anthony Mackie's character, he goes up to. Um, Chris Evans, Captain, yeah. like, uh, you go do avenging, and I go look into our missing persons. Missing persons yeah. being Bucky Barnes and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, I was half expecting, like, with um, War Machine, that Falcon would just fly in and help him yeah. out. I mean, I I don't know why, but you know, you you can't throw that many characters in and not I expect guess, something to get cut. I guess not. I guess but not, I mean, right? It's. I mean, you know what? Uh, it's. it's I, I, I suppose, but yeah. And they got, I mean, well, they got rid of one real quick, although I, I, I have no concept that Quicksilver is dead for a second. Yeah, especially if you could bring Coulson back and he gets stabbed oh, yeah. right through the heart. Yeah, no doubt. If he got killed by freaking Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can tell that they're setting up Anthony Mackie to be Captain America at some point in the future when Chris Evans is like, I don't want to do this crap anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You can tell they're setting up Don Cheadle or whoever ends up taking the helm of War Machine to be the next Iron Man or the Iron Patriot or whatever the hell you want to talk. Yeah. Uh, I was reading somewhere or a tweet that Joss Whedon tweeted out before he deleted his Twitter yeah. that if if they had finished 
the Spider-Man negotiations before he finished filming, Spider-Man would have been in that end scene. Really? Yeah. Incidentally, no end scene at eight at Avengers: Age of Ultron. Well, no, you mean I mean that uh, where Captain's like Avengers assemble. Yeah, no, yeah, that that's not an end scene. That's just the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. He's saying that at the end of that of the movie, the last scene in the movie, Spider-Man would have been in that mo- that scene. Oh, I see. That would have been cool. Yeah. But that that wasn't like usually they throw in something at like after the credits. I I think people are just tired of waiting at the end of the credits. So you have the the fancy credit and then you have the black white text credit. Yeah, but I there was nothing nothing after the fancy credits either. No, there was uh, Thanos grabbing the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Scratch that. You're right. Yeah. So uh, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're really know. building up Thanos, even though no one has any idea who he is except for hardcore nerds. Hey, it's uh, it's Josh Brolin, man. He's cool. Yeah. Actually, I bet you no one knows who that is either. <laughs> uh, amen. Yeah. Josh uh, Brolin, who's that? Uh, God, what was it? Josh Brolin in? He was in No Country for Old Men. If you've yep. seen that, that's you something that most people have seen. Let me take a look at if there's anything else that's recognizable. Josh Brolin. He was in Men in Black 2 or 3. Men in Black 3. He played the young Agent K. Oh, you're uh, right. Yeah, I, I haven't <laughs> seen that, so I can't claim that. If you want to do some deep cuts, he was in The Goonies. He was, yeah. <laughs> His brand. I, I don't even know who, what that is. Who he, that was, was. Uh, he was uh, Sean Astin's older brother in The Goonies. Oh, yeah. That, that, that just leaps to mind. Uh, um, some deep cuts if you really like the Goonies. Apparently, he was George Bush in W. That was him, really. Apparently. What? I guess yeah. I didn't wait, see it. He was Dwight. Oh wait, no, not in the original. Yeah, in the the remake. The new guy. Yeah, the new Dwight. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, Sin City. That'll be cool. Wait, what? Which makes yeah. me wonder, is Clive Owen that big of a, a name where they couldn't get Clive Owen back for that movie? Apparently not. Or maybe he just was just not, he could not be asked. Clive yeah. Owen Clive Owen cannot be bothered about a movie that is seven years old. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever, we're done with that. So anyways, any final thoughts on Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron, um, I just want to say um, that uh, one of the most, uh, the Biggest breakout role, I think, of all time, really should be uh, awarded to what's his name? Uh, Ultron. Yeah, the guy who ends no, up playing. Uh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yeah, I mean, like, oh yeah, he's that quiet voice who plays Jarvis. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Who cares about him? He's just. A, I, I thought he was a computer at first. I thought. Well, <laughs> the funny thing about Jarvis is that he what he is a butler in the comics, right? Yeah, he's a real person. Um, who they immediately, as soon as the movies became popular, killed off so he could become a, uh, a straight up, a, a straight up computer. So I, th- that was- I think I think it was John Favreau who said that the decision to make Jarvis a computer was because it came. Iron Man one came out the same year that The Dark Knight came out, mm-hmm. and people were so familiar with Alfred that they didn't want to confuse the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was—he's nothing like Alfred. If they were going to use the uh, the ultimate version, which I don't think they probably would have. Yeah. Uh, 
but um, it it makes sense. I mean, honestly, Iron Man's uh, suit needed some sort of AI. Yeah. But um, so, and, but it's like, holy crap! Now, like that guy went from getting four or five lines to being a straight up star of the last movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 really one of those movies where like being in the theater with a packed theater really makes a difference, especially oh, yeah. like where he picks up the hammer and you're, you that moment's just been built like, up. Everyone gasps. No, the whole the theater was silent because they oh, couldn't really they couldn't believe it. There was one guy in the back laughing, but everyone else <laughs> was silent because they couldn't believe it, and it was kind of uh, beautiful. I thought it was kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think the better one for me, and I kind of knew about it before the movie started, was uh, they're they're doing that contest for uh, who can pick up the hammer, mm-hmm. and everyone goes through it. They can't do it, and then uh, Captain goes up and he like grabs it and it wiggles a little yeah. bit, and then I was like, oh, they got to pay that off. At some point, they got to pay that off. Yeah. Um, although like, it's not like, we're not sure. I love it because it's the best part was Thor's expression. That he's he just, like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say one more thing. Oh, um, Ultron's played by, um, James Spader and I'm kind of catching up on the blacklist right now. Mm-hmm. And Ultron is really just playing Raymond Reddington. If you watch the blacklist, I have not. Um, if you want to watch James Spader chew dialogue for an hour <laughs> every week, you should watch The Blacklist. And he's playing that same character because if you, if anyone ends up watching The Blacklist, it's the mannerisms, it's like w- the way he's talking, and he like tilts his head to the side when he's talking to you. Those little things, and it's you can tell it's him. But I mean, still a great character. Little bit, I, I could have probably gone without his little, little pokes at comedy, but. That's beside oh, me. yeah, the Pinocchio stuff was a little kooky. It was little fun, bit. but it was a little kooky. Very, very effective for the trailer. Oh, and yeah. that was very soon, and I was just thinking, I was like, God, Marvel's using a Disney song in a movie that's owned by, <laughs> made by Marvel, owned by Disney. And I just couldn't think of anything else besides that, but it was very effective. The mm-hmm. uh, No Strings on Me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of almost a tribute to that because now that they're all they're combining, they're just like, yeah, there's nothing to stop us from smashing our stuff together and just whatever, the hell with it. Um, I mean, hey, I saw I was at Stark Expo, quote unquote Stark Expo, which is not that great at Disneyland, which is just the weirdest thing to just be wandering around Disney. Like, yeah, let's go check out some Marvel stuff. Sure, why not? And then you, of course, on the way to it, you 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 walk past the Star Wars show. So yeah. That's fun. Different. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Did you see Mad Max at all? I did. I saw it, um, a couple, I saw it twice, actually. Oh, I did too. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your familiarity with the Mad Max series? I'm pretty darn familiar. I'm a huge fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. So I've seen all the, I've seen two, the first two movies, and I... Have been avoiding the third movie, although apparently it's good just for Norm's sake. Um, but you know, maybe I'll get caught up on that. Um, I was watching Cinema Sins, if you're familiar with that. Oh yeah, I know those guys. And, and they're they were talking about the opening credits, and they gave a sin because the opening credits are so long, and they <laughs> gave it they gave a sin for Tina Turner's name, and they took it back because they said, "Oh, Tina Turner, she did the theme song for this, right? That's it, right?" 
No. <laughs> and then no. you get a Turner she's later. A, she's a damn big part of that movie. And then they yeah. gave a sin and they gave it a sin again because mm. the Turner's in it. Um I uh beyond uh they're doing a bunch of stuff on TV with Mad Max and uh the Road Warrior and uh, Beyond Thunderdome. And it's all on TV. So I kinda caught up with it. Nice. Fairly fast. I was pretty familiar with Road Warrior, and that's pretty much the only one I'd seen. Really? Uh, you hadn't seen the second one? Uh, I know I saw the second one, which is Road Warrior. I oh, hadn't excuse seen. Me. I, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. I, I hadn't I, seen the first or the third one, and after seeing it, I think I liked the first one better. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cool. So, personal opinion, I don't know, but I did see uh, Fury Road, mm-hmm. and as most people are saying, and I'm just echoing everyone. This is really like a Imperator Furiosa movie. Oh hell yeah! But here's the thing: Mad Max is never really the main character yeah, in I'll any give you of the films. Yeah, he just shows up and he's sort of the witness, and people are like bitching about this. It's like, okay, obviously, first off, a just appreciate the goddamn awesome movie, and b that's not Mad Max's role. He's not in the spotlight. It was hysterical. I was watching this other thing. I forget where it was. Uh, some two Australian guys who were um, rather amusing in their their uh, criticism of another critic who just went on and on about how Mad how Mad Max is an American movie, and those the two Aussies were just like absolutely like pissed off because like God damn it, it was made in Australia by an Australian director. This is an Australian movie, uh, Mel Gibson notwithstanding. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. It, it was just like, come on, we're chilled, and it's yeah, whatever. It was still fun. Um, I think Max is supposed to serve as like this surrogate to the audience. Yeah, I mean, he definitely gives the uh, straight up intro of understanding, uh, and the the introductions of the the scenery to itself, because you don't have no idea what's going on, and you just sort of follow Mad Max's uh, pursuit through the movie literally pursued and uh it explains things i one thing that i heard that i thought was very appropriate was that the movie is parts of it were inspired by silent films where you didn't need to hear a single word to understand the thing and that was definitely well uh versed and well understood in the introduction of the first scene of uh immortum joe's sort of dystopia that he ran um, you got to see the kind of citizens were there, what kind of controls were going on, and not a single word was being spoken, which is cool. I think um, the religion that the road boys or the war boys, war boys abide, yeah. abide by is probably the one of the most interesting takes oh, on like very po- like post the top post apocalyptic mm-hmm. like religions or whatever that they take on. There, they talk about the. Oh, what's his name? Nux talks about how I die or I live, I die, I, I live, live again. Yeah, and uh, how he's gonna go to Valhalla and stuff, and they spray this like silver paint essentially just, on their face. Straight up spray paint. They're huffing paint. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, and I mean, they don't explain it; they just show you, and immediately you get it. Yeah, that, you understand it. Yeah, it's it's done very well, and um, even George Miller said that like for the Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, he's gonna include a. Uh, a black and white cut of the movie. That'd be cool. Yeah, where it's just that he said that the way he's filmed it and the color palette he used, that you can watch it in black and white and it's just as effective, if not better. 
Sweet. So I can't wait. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the video game too. Apparently, oh, that's man. supposed to be a prequel to the film. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I've seen the trailers and like. I remember last year at E3, and it's kind of appropriate because E3 is happening right now. Um, yeah. they, they showed a trailer for Mad Max, and I was like, "What the hell? This we haven't seen a Mad Max movie since Beyond Thunderdome, and that was in like what the eighties? Yeah, <laughs> was, they were all in the eighties. Mad Max, a video game, is pretty much irrelevant to anyone right now, and I I'm really hoping that because the movie is doing so well, or maybe I don't even know if it's doing well financially, but doing just, pretty well, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it's because it's doing so well that the game is going to do well. Because, oh my god, that's that was out of left field for me last year, but now it makes a lot of sense, I think. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, what, for me, though, I think it's uh, the concept of apocalypse is really starting to come back. Uh, with people, people, it's always been like a cool thing where people that have been interested in dystopia and whatnot. But, I mean, and it also helps since you brought up video games. Uh, Fallout 4 is coming out, which oh. I am super pumped about. I don't know if um, you are. Before yeah. uh, we started doing this, I was watching Bethesda's uh, E3 uh, conference. Oh, cool. And they showed off the, the, the gameplay for Fallout 4. Oh, what? Ooh, it looks so good. Nice. I'm excited. I haven't seen the, um, the gameplay thing. I just saw the official trailer that they released. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Got me. I was pretty hyped, but then like I scaled it back just because it's kind of like what I thought about with. Uh, this is going into a way different topic, but whatever. Um, so I saw the trailers for Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis, like whenever it came out a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. really excited. And this is really speaking more about Jurassic World, and I was really excited. And then I took a step back, and I was like, "Don't get this excited. You're setting yourself up for disappointment." Mm-hmm. So when I went to, into Jurassic World, I saw it this past weekend. I went in with zero expectation because I was just thinking, if you think about the plot of Jurassic World, it's the park actually happened. Fine, whatever. It's going to be cool. But then mm-hmm. the whole hybrid dinosaur thing <laughs> just kind of threw me off, and I was like, God, this this is a monster movie, and this is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I haven't seen it yet, so I have no idea. Um, and uh, did, did you like the first movie? Uh, the first Jurassic Park? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was very entertaining. Did you like two or three? I haven't seen the third one. Don't watch um, it. <laughs> just, just skip just it. Watch it. Just skip it. I've heard, I've heard people like, nah, don't, don't break down the, the door. <laughs> Go watch that one. You, um, can't, you can't unwatch it. You no. can't forget it. It's just there. It's bad. Don't 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 do it. Um, I will say, if you like the first one, you're probably gonna like this one just because of nostalgia and when that movie yeah, came cool. out. Because uh, when that came out, well, we were three or four, but like we grew up with that movie, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of nostalgia there, and you will enjoy it. It's probably not as good as the first one, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah, all right. So anyways, we're fun. Where was I going with this? Uh, we were talking about Mad Max, and then we got on the topic of Fallout 4. Okay, so I scaled my expectations back of Fallout 4 based on the trailer, but I saw mm-hmm. the gameplay, and I'm really excited again. <laughs> is it uh, straight up just, like, um, is it going to be a MMO? or Because or, I heard some vague rumors about that. Uh, I didn't get to listen were- to all of it, because I was really troubleshooting some of my own audio problems with this with this podcast in itself. But um, it looks like a single-player 
kind of experience. I wouldn't. Okay. I would not be surprised if there was online stuff. Yeah. But based on what Beth Bethesda's done before, it doesn't Skyrim, seem like. I was thinking, yeah. Skyrim was completely single player, and they very easily could have made that multiplayer, but they didn't. Yeah. So it feels very much in the same vein as Fallout Three and Skyrim. I think cool. that they kept around vats, which are very interesting, despite how much they gotta advanced. keep vats. That's yeah. sweet. Well, I mean, if you think about Fallout Three, the game was just impossible to shoot by itself, so you needed vats. Get the fat boys, and you don't have to aim. There you go. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so. I think Mad Max influences those types of games definitely. Oh yeah, and, and it it's, it, it's not just a two. It's not a one way street because there's a there were a few Fallout sort of reference, not complete straight up references, but like you could get the idea of Fallout back at it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And if you've too. if you've ever played any of the Borderlands games, oh, I love that shit. Those... Have you played any of the pre sequel? I did not play the pre-sequel. I've only uh, played up to two. But if you look at Borderlands 1 and 2, definitely you you can definitely see the influence of Mad Max. And oh, without it, I mean, they movies. have a character called Mad Mel in the first one. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, like, super, like, pumped with Borderlands because I was playing um, the second one. I was playing a little bit of the pre-sequel, although I haven't bought it yet. I'm thinking about it because I haven't gotten an Xbox One. Um, so we'll see about that, but it's it's fun. There, there's a great, great game series, but those like they're inspired by post-apocalyptic, but they're not really post-apocalyptic. Yeah, like, yeah. Straight up uh, Death World stuff over there. That's a whole different genre. But yeah, we're getting off top. What was our original thing? Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, Fury Road. Good stuff. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out in theaters. But definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's it for Mad Max. Uh, what do you yeah. want to move on to right now? Um, we could talk more about Borderlands, but that's a little bit. Uh, that's another conversation and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. We could. So wait, quick query, and I mean, I hate to do this live, but is this? Are we posting this one, or is the official post of this stuff going up on the uh, the following? This is a conversational podcast. Everything is legal. Oh. <laughs> well, hot damn. So um, I'm going to send this off to exec board as a proof of concept with the asterisk that we still have a real show to do, but yeah. I want them to know that this kind of works. It's conceivable. And Can we take out the vast majority of the intro? <laughs> which part? With me just stuttering and babbling and just being really goddamn no oh. idea what the hell's going on. Oh, when you were fixing your audio? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't even live. I, I started oh. broadcasting when you started hearing me and we resolved that Excellent. whole issue. Okay, well that's good. Uh yeah. That was that was confusing in of itself. And don't worry about it. It's uh, uh I don't know, is it water into the bridge? Which idiom do I want to use? Hmm. I'm discover I'm discovering that. Uh, via my job working with a lot of Hispanics who speak primarily Spanish. Oh, yeah? That idioms are very difficult to pass on to them. Oh, my God, yes. My God, yes. And especially if you understand a little bit of Spanish and they use uh, 
idioms that have no smooth translation yeah into english those uh -huh. are difficult too because i i say this because i've sat on presentations with uh my boss um and he he can speak english and spanish but in his english he uses a lot of idioms and i'm wondering how that translate and i'm thinking about it in my head translating into spanish i was like that makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> and i hope they get it because they're i want to say about half the company speaks primarily spanish from the people who work in the vineyards or from the people who do cellar work so yeah. i don't know whatever cool uh where are we going with this oh you had mentioned your query so we can move on to our next topic which either you can pick or i can pick it's up to you uh you far away. I picked the. Um, we sort of double dipped on the movies genre. A little bit. Pretty cool, yeah. Anyways, um, I think I'm going to go hockey. Is All that right. okay with you? Hockey. I mean, I have not been keeping up with uh, basketball since the Knicks still suck. Um, but uh, yeah, hockey's been pretty fun. Uh, shame the Rangers didn't make it to the finals. I'm going to preface this with a short intro about how. This, you mentioned this before, well, via our personal conversations about how this episode is kind of the the New York fans podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. We blew it up there. It's just this is gonna be the the uh, New Yorkers talking about New York. Um, to to clarify, Alex, you were you were born in New York, right? I was born in New York City. Um, I don't have. I try to speak a little bit clearer because I was raised in California. Yeah. Um, and you can, most people are just like, oh, yeah, dude, your coat's Californian. Yeah, you're from um, Southern California, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do not, I, I can play up my New Yorkness, but um, I am a huge New York fan, big fan of the Yankees, big fan of the uh, Giants, New York Giants. Uh, not a fan of the Knicks because uh, basketball ain't, uh, ain't feeling so hot over in Empire City. But I was, uh, one of the cool things was I, when I first met Greg, I had absolutely no idea, like, just like, hey, here's this guy, he's the secretary, cool dude. Um, and I had no idea he was also a huge, like, Yankees fan, and he loved a lot of New York stuff, which was just super, super, I was psyched out when I first found out. But um, a lot of, the two of us have bonded over a lot of cool stuff, especially the Yankees, which is, ah, uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> I'm going to try and defend myself here, but I feel like I'm going to be unsuccessful. So, I, unlike Alex, I'm not born in New York. <laughs> I, was yeah, actually, I was actually born here in the wonderful San Francisco Bay Area, specifically San Mateo, if you know anything about the Bay Area. But if you don't, then I don't care. Um, <laughs> Leave it at that. So, the, the reason I follow a lot of the New York teams, well, I am going to say it starts with the Yankees. It starts and ends with the Yankees because when oh, yeah. I, uh, before I quit my career in baseball, I was really into baseball. I played yeah. since I was a little kid, and then like it's the thing kids do, or it's like you see a player and you want to be that player. So like for me, it was like Derek Jeter oh, yeah. for most of my life, and then for a while it was A Rod. And say what you want about A Rod, but you really, I mean, come on, you don't turn your back on your heroes and stuff. Nah, nah. So, um, so for a long time, I was following the career of Derek Jeter and A-Rod. A-Rod when he was with Seattle, and then when he was with the Rangers, and then when he was with the Yankees. So around like 
2000, what, 2005 is when I really, really, really started following the Yankees. And God, that 2004, man, finally becoming like really, really, really into the Yankees the year before or the years before. And then seeing them in 2004 go up 3-0 to the Red Sox and then just lose four games in a row. That was heartbreaking. Oh, I don't yeah. – I just – the only thing I can compare this to, and it really doesn't make sense, is that when the Sharks went up 3-0 to the Kings and oh, lost four games. That. <laughs> That's yeah. the only thing I can compare to. But the only problem with that is no one gives a shit about the Sharks. So, <laughs> so that's why it doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyways, well, um, you're, you're gonna hurt my big feelings. Alan's a Sharks fan, more or less. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, no worries. Uh, my my little is also from San Jose, and he does not. You know, yeah. Shark. It, it's funny because I was giving him news at the time, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, that, that's cool." <laughs> um. So I like the Yankees. And then I, I wasn't really into football, truthfully, until around my senior year in high school. And this is where me and Alex are going to really differ. And it's around this oh, time where I, I really started following football and I was like going to pick a team. And it's around this time where Mark Sanchez started getting really good with the Jets. And they uh, made it back to back to back, like in AFC championships. So I was like, okay, I'll follow the Jets. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to say, the Jets suck. <laughs> Jets are bad. But I don't oh, care. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, I'm not. I'm not jumping on the other side of this fence. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I respect the Giants. Odo Beckham Jr. and Eli Manning. They're going to do something oh, special yeah. this year. And Alex, I'm going to tell you, I was in Vegas, and I was looking at the odds for the Giants. They have some of the best odds of winning the Super Bowl than any other team. Yeah, they straight up do. Yeah. So Giants have a good shot. I don't know about the Jets. Yeah. Jets aren't going to give up many points. I don't know if they're going to score many points either. We'll see how it breaks down, but yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm gonna this last point I'm gonna make is about the NBA and the NHL. I don't follow the NBA very much. When I follow it, it's usually around the finals around this time, and all the Warriors fans came out of the woodwork, and that's just a fact. Yeah, that, that happens. Yeah, I don't care what you say. It's just what happens. In 2010, all the Giants fans came out of the woodwork too. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I, yeah, I just don't care. Cool. The Kings, Anyways, I mean, last year for the Stanley Cups, it was just like everyone was a Kings fan yeah, in LA. Exactly. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is that at the beginning of the NHL season, I was watching the standings for hockey, and I noticed that the Islanders were kind of up there. Yeah, they were. So I, I went to Reno with my buddy around winter, and the Islanders still kind of floating around first place. So the Islanders' odds of winning the Stanley Cup at the time were 20-1. to 1. And then I looked at the Rangers' odds, and they were 10-1. to 1. And I was just thinking out of the blue, I was like, okay, the Islanders, this is their last season in the barn. Are they going to make a run here? And I should have thought better. <laughs> Did you put money down on them? I put forty bucks on the Islanders. Oh, I'm sorry, man. In expectations that my return was going to be eight hundred dollars, and I didn't get shit for it. Yeah, I would not have taken that bet. I know the Islanders were up a bit, but they weren't. Eh. Oh man. Well, whatever. I don't show. 
I don't show a lot of love for the Islanders, but John Tavares, he's he's something pretty special. Oh, uh, well, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, apparently that was yeah. That, that was that was about it. But uh, I'm sorry for the Rangers because even yeah. last year, oh. Yeah, well, it didn't hurt as much. I mean, they didn't get to finals, but it's kind of like they're reaching the end of their rope. Lundqvist is getting old. He's still being awesome, but he's getting up there. He, it's kind of the same thing with like the the men's national soccer team. Tim Howard can only stop so many goals, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the Rangers. He can only stop so many he goals. He can only do so much. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, San Louis getting up there. He was old last year, and now he's even older. But yeah, they they don't have any young guys. Nothing yeah. comes to mind of the Rangers who are just like doing stuff. So yeah. So let's change the subject to something a little bit more relatable. Um, next week is Father's Day, I believe. Yes, it is on Sunday. So happy. Hopefully, everyone will get home from graduation or at least get some time off to see their old their their old pops, etc. That should be nice. I'm sure most people will. Yeah. I think the percentage of people who graduate and just go out is very low. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hit the ground running. Oh, I did. I had a job when I, I graduated, uh, but uh, I took some time off and just hung out with family and traveled a little bit. That See, was nice. I, f- I finished grad school, and then I didn't have a job. But that was mostly because I went to Orlando in June, and then following that was Comic-Con, and I just felt like I couldn't bring it to my boss and be like, I'll take the job, but I have to go on vacation for two weeks. <laughs> well, that was, part, June of, that, that was part of my thing, though, because I, I had gotten hired while I was, te- I was technically still going to school, so I was like... Yeah. Well, can I start after the you know the Fourth of July weekend and take a little time off? And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, go ahead. We don't have to pay you until then." So it was like, "Cool." So, um, my first day at Wenty Vineyards, name dropper. Um, oh yes, yes. Was was the day after Sunday of Comic Con, and I did that just out of courtesy because I felt like I had delayed my starting day so long, anyways. Um, and then here's the funny thing, and I think you'll like this. Uh, I start the first day, and then I realize that everyone's there except one of my coworkers who I had not met yet. And they, and for the sake of this podcast, her name is going to be. Uh, let me think of a name. Jenny. Sandra. Jenny. Her name is going to be Jenny for the sake of Jenny. this. Not that anyone cares, but um, I was like, so where's this person? Where's Jenny? And she said, Oh, she went to Comic Con this past weekend, so she took Monday <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. So then I went to, so this is my boss telling me this. And I was like, so you were, so I went to Comic-Con this past weekend. So I could have had Monday off. And she was like, yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted that day. Yeah. Um, I had gone to Comic-Con. I I didn't have tickets, but I just hung out in San Diego. But I I had to go back to work that day, partially because I, couldn't stay at my friend's place anymore because it was kind of imposing on his hospitality, partially because uh, I was a little too early to start taking time off. Yeah. Are you, are you planning on going to San Diego again around that time? I'm thinking about it. I'm not really sure. Um, 
We'll see what's what. Um, the buddy who I stayed at might be moving out of town, moving elsewhere for a new job, so I don't know where I'd crash. I'm, I might go down just for a Saturday. Huh. And I might see about asking a friend of a friend about an exhibitor pass. But that's Ooh, that'd be fun. But I don't know. I, I think the idea of going to Comic-Con is much better than the reality. Yeah, it's, it's, it is exhausting. For those of you who have never been to Comic-Con or are planning to go or are even considering the possibility of going to Comic-Con in San Diego, it is a absolute madhouse. And I speak as someone who's been going there for many, many years, uh, both in and out of costume. So that is – it can be absolutely insane. It's gotten to the point where it's frighteningly crowded. Not even just in the convention. The convention was always packed and things were going on and lines were insane. The Gaslamp District, which is this wonderful little area of bars and restaurants that surrounds the convention center, um, last year it was like a mob. And yeah. that, that's that's not ex ex that's excluding, of course, the zombie mob mob that actually <laughs> happened. Uh, but like when just right, right, it was people were trying to get around. They closed down the streets and it was just packed with people. It was kind of horrifying. I, I think it's just dumb that the only way to get from the convention center to the gas lamp, the most convenient way is through that one little crosswalk. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And I, I feel like the – say what you want about Vegas, but the one thing that Vegas gets right is that they made overpasses for all the streets. They do. Everywhere you can get around and about, and it, you, there's no delays. Yeah, so I, I feel like San Diego should, if they're not going to extend the convention center, just make an overpass that goes over the light rail track that goes straight to the convention center, straight into the gas lamp. Because it just funnels everyone to that one area, and it yeah. sucks. It was awful. You know, the funny thing is I was in San Diego a couple weeks ago for, like, the first time, not during Comic-Con. I just We just went there to go check out the beaches and go to the uh, uh, Bastard Brewery. That was fun, um, but it was just so weird. It oh, was like, mean, are you talking about Dick's Last Resort? Uh, no, not Dick's Last Resort. There's, there's another brewery. It's um, shit. What is it? Uh, I'm gonna be very embarrassed now because I is was... it Stone? Stone Brewery. God damn it! Yes, Stone Brewery. Pardon my faux pas, beer aficionados. Um, which is a lovely place uh, right by the San Diego airport. So I def definitely recommend eating indoors if you do try it out. Um, but I was in the Gaslamp District, not Comic-Con, and it was just freaking spooky because yeah. there was no one yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like the weirdest thing. There were like two people jogging, and we had gotten there before like even happy hour, so we were wandering around waiting for uh, beer to get affordable. And it was just so weird just wandering around the gas lamp district and there were cars driving down the road. And it was just like, it was, it was bizarre just to be so, so familiar with an area and yet so unfamiliar with how it. And, uh, I mean, you could yeah. recognize it when it, there's a, like a hundred thousand people walking around, but. Oh but yeah, of course. And, and like, later the nightlife got really awesome. And those who have never been to San Diego's nightlife, even outside of Comic-Con, it's very, very entertaining. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was so it was just it was eerie. Yeah. Uh, have you been to the Noble Experiment? 
I have not. What is that? There's a. I feel like it's in San Diego. Let me look it up. The Noble Experiment is like a secret bar in the back of like a store, and you see kegs stacked up, and you push the kegs, and it's a secret door. Oh, that sounds like um, this little uh, the the what is that the uh, speakeasy place in uh, Anaheim. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's becoming like that. yeah, it's becoming like a thing. I I feel like I hate to say this. This is weird, but like. The twenties are coming back. It's going to be twenty twenty, yeah. And as a result, people are like, "Ah, nineteen twenty, yeah." Um, not sure how much. Obviously, trends repeat. Um, skinny slacks were a thing, and then they faded, and then now they're back. Um, same as skinny jeans. Um, I miss baggy, baggy uh, jean shorts. Those were, you, those were hysterical. You, you mean um, the? You know, it's uh, this is really off topic. Um, actually, I'm going to talk about this other thing first. Uh, there's a bar called Polite Provisions in San Diego. It's on 30th Street. It's way off from where the convention is, but yeah. it's really it's a really good bar, and you should go there. I highly recommend it. Anyone who's, right, in, San Diego, anyone yeah. who's in San Diego, you go to Polite Provisions. It's on 30th Street. Maybe we should go to Comic Con prior to Comic Con, like the like, weekend prior, while everyone's setting up. Maybe I'd be yeah, down with that. We'll talk yeah, about that. Would it. be a lot like more peaceful. I wonder if there would be any like. Any stuff going on there, though? Maybe that's too early. Eh. Potentially. Mm. Potentially. Because after we, it, everything is cleared up. Like, San Diego is done with Comic-Con. Yeah, I can and see that, just, definitely. Yeah, they just want everything. They don't want a single nerdy thing in the entire area for another year. But the week prior, perhaps. But, um, so we'll see. Well, planning road trips on other th occasions are different. Um, speaking of road trips, don't know if you want to chat about your possible plans out of state for, uh, Oh, that, uh, so speaking of, speaking of, uh, conventions, conventions, uh, so if you're not familiar with the procedure to get into Comic-Con, there are many hoops you have to jump through to get a ticket. I'm going to speak about it from my perspective. There's a pre-registration for those who went the previous year, in this case, 2014's Comic-Con. The pre-registration registers you for a pre-registration lottery to get a ticket to 2015 Comic-Con. So I went to that, and you open it at some early f f fucking time in the morning, and then, <laughs> and then you just wait. And if you get selected, you'll know, because it'll say, fill your name and all this other, all this other rigmarole. And, um, but if you don't get it, it's over. And then oh. you have to go to general public registration, which is you and everyone else in the damn world who wants to go to this thing. <laughs> and the lottery is the same thing. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the lottery's been a thing for the past couple of years, and I've gotten very lucky. And Jess has gotten very lucky uh, <laughs> getting into this thing. And this year, we just weren't lucky. And yeah. I guess it wasn't meant to be. And as such, I kind of just bit the bull and said I'm not going. And it looks like I might end up going just to have fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so anyways, anyways, I looked into other conventions. And I was looking into PAX Prime in Seattle. And some. I was even looking into PAX East in Boston. But really? It's kinda, yeah, it's wow. kind of good It's kind of good that I didn't go because they had record snowstorms in March. So Jeez, it is very good. awful. So it is very good that I did not go to that. that so anyways, yeah. I'm taking the polar opposite of record snowstorms, and I'm going yeah. to Austin, Texas for RTX Ooh. in August. <laughs> in 
those uh, for the uninitiated, RTX is the Rooster Teeth convention. Rooster Teeth being famous for the the Red versus Blue series, the Come longest on, running the longest running show on the internet. Yeah, um, is it the longest one really? Uh, according to uh, Bernie Burns, is the longest running show on the internet. Of course, well, Bernie's also said that over three million people went to the last RTX. Did yeah. they? I, I do not know at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he is he's been known to occasionally exaggerate. But it may be it uh, it certainly is the oldest running Machinima show on the yeah. internet. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, um, but it is an incredible. If you have not watched it, um, I recently got to meet up with a fellow fan who it was a complete surprise to me. Um, that was very fun. Uh, always fun to meet a fellow fan, and I was apparently the first fan she had met, so that was also very fun. Uh, but yeah, it is a very exciting. It's uh, set in a Halo universe, or sort of, uh, where these soldiers are put in a box canyon, and they're basically told to kill each other, with absolutely no background information behind it. That's a little bit of a synopsis. And then obviously they don't. None of them want to really die. Well, one of them does. Uh, wants to go absolutely insane. But most of them are relatively lazy bums, and they the the shenanigans spiral out of control from there. Uh, very entertaining show has gone on to do a lot of development and changes, and they have become very, very, I believe, wildly successful. And as a result, they have their own convention where they host not just themselves but all things internet worthy. And it's very, very entertaining. So I, I was considering going down there, but uh, I am currently, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do so, which would be very entertaining if I could. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, if you end up. Finding a way to RTX, let me know. That would I'll be, be there. pretty sweet, yeah. I think the most interesting thing about Red versus Blue for me is, like, I remember watching that in high school, maybe earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and it really kind of dates the internet, too, where the website would go up and the new episode would go up, and you'd have to download it, but the download would take all day. Yeah. Just based on dial-up internet and all that other stuff. And... I don't know. It it really shows now because you can stream it on Netflix. Yeah, and it's on YouTube. All of the episodes, by the way, if those who are interested in catching up, you do not have to uh, suffer through dial-up like we did. It is all available on their YouTube channel. Which is, I, I, under, I think Red versus Blue, like, I do find a lot of entertainment in seasons like one through seven. Yeah. But I think for someone just jumping into it, it's going to be very different. It's very slow. It's very, it's, it's very strange because they ramped up the, uh, let's just call it the, the, the action. Yeah. Did a serious jump when, uh, the late great Monty Ohm sort of yeah. took the helm on, uh, bringing it a little bit more to life. Yeah. But they, they uh, took, it, it's cool because they took a lot of stuff that initially was a joke. Mm hmm. And they just turned it into a real story. Oh, and yeah. Great. And I think seasons 8, 9, and 10 are some of the best things I've seen on the internet. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's, it's incredible. It's like absolutely they dug, incredible. Like digging into their... Uh, I don't know if it's spoilers or not. I don't think it is. It won't make sense if you haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> the, all the Project Freelancer stuff, I, I think yeah. there's some real... It was. It's there. amazing because what they 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 did. The, if you've seen the original, 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 
yeah. uh, which I don't even know if it's on the internet anymore. I, I think um, you could find it, but I, I know they remastered a lot of stuff mm -hmm. also. No, I'm talking about the, the first thing that they ever made, which wasn't had no story. It was just them running around uh, to the music of Limp Biscuit and uh, just blowing each other the hell up. And it was like hilariously placed camera angles. Uh, but this was before any sort of streaming for video games. Was really you know where on. you know where that video might be is. Uh, I still have my Halo Two, like game, like box <laughs> thing, and yeah. there's a DVD with a bunch of extras, and there's Red versus Blue stuff on there. Yeah, it might be on there. Yeah. Although at that point they were still making like, they were making like straight up stuff for Halo, not ex explicitly for Halo, like they. Currently in Halo 3, if those who play the game are not familiar with Rooster Teeth, which is a few uh, people probably out there, um, there are they straight up hired the actors or the voice actors for Rooster Teeth to make cameos in the appearance. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, which was very funny. And um, with Halo 4, they're in the uh, they're straight up alternate scenes. I don't know if you play that version through. Um, what is it? The freaking um, Spartan Ops. Spartan Ops, yeah, the Spartan yeah, Ops. Yeah, I did play through that stuff. Yeah, and the straight. They, did you hear the straight up alternate dialogue? If you like, press a certain button or shoot something. Oh, uh, you have you have to go find all the nodes or whatever. And yeah, it, 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 it's like scene. it's really buried, but it alters how the game is played or it's, or it's, heard. It, it's yeah. really interesting. They they've really come a, a long way, especially with. Uh, I, are you familiar with their the show Ruby? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was a big, I'm a big fan of it. I have no idea how they're going to progress without the. I don't know. I want. I don't want to say the main driving force behind it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know uh, that they they started doing voiceover work for it, so yeah. I think they're going to at least go through season three. Yeah, so, well, they should. I mean, the the video game is full steam ahead. Oh yeah, definitely. I saw yeah, that. That's going uh, that's going to happen. And if they don't make it, they will. But if they don't, I'm going to go and hunt down everyone. Who <laughs> if they don't tribute Montiome, I you, for those you gotta, who don't know, I am a huge Montiome fan. He was the first um, live action. He was my first YouTube video that I ever watched. Was Mont was, was Haloid? Haloid, uh, classic, yeah, an amazing classic. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now, or I will hunt you down and make you watch it. Um, it and he ended up working for Rooster Teeth, and then he very tragically passed away relatively recently. Um, uh, not relatively. He passed up a few months ago, um, and I was, was devastated. It was a um, dude that ruined the Super Bowl for me. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. It ruined life for me. I was just straight up really, really sad. No, I was too. But life. I mean, I remember, I remember it because it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I was having people over, and I remember Jess was over, and she was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Um, she watches Ruby, so she knew who he was," and then I was like. Oh, Monty Ohm just passed away, and then like I was just wrecked for like that whole day, and like I had to watch the Super Bowl too, and I was just like, oh god, <laughs> and I had to host people and act host, and I was like, Ugh. I'm sorry, that's that's also really rough. I was like, oh, I, I kind of wanted to just like rewatch everything and not do anything at home, but uh, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're kind of approaching. Actually, we yeah, we kind of should cut it off. I mean, we've gone on for a bit. We've exceeded an hour now, but um, do you want to kind of plug yourself and see where people can contact you on the internet? Uh, unfortunately, that's kind of difficult because I'm not—I don't really have a large presence on the internet. 
Um, I, those who you who have done, never met me, I am a bit of a luddite. I only recently got a smartphone, and I fought that decision tooth, tooth and nail. I do not have a Twitter. I do not have a. I barely use my email account. Um, so if you are looking for me and you want more of me, uh, come check out our podcast. <laughs> which will hopefully be going on in a weekly or bi-weekly schedule. Um, or you're free to look me up on Facebook. I occasionally check my Facebook. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, I guess the ways you can find me is, I guess, I've been more recently active on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Yosoda. That's at Y0S0DA. Or I guess you can find me on Facebook, uh, whichever you find more convenient. And if you do enjoy this, please let... The exec board know that you want oh this yes please thing because otherwise i think we're gonna just stop <laughs> and really people, i don't know we'll straight up uh, stop we won't do it up because i know we would love the official blessing from the executive board of alpha phi omega zeta omicron chapter but uh that's not necessarily a prerequisite of being an unofficial fun time podcast um so we'll Stay tuned. That's, Stay tuned that's, a very, that's, a, that's a very good point. And I have an idea, actually, for an alternative name we can use if we do not get unofficially mm -hmm. recognized. And there is also... Um, what this episode really is is kind of more of an after dark. And mm -hmm. I have yet to figure out a name for that. But nah. we'll keep you posted. And I, right. almost forgot, and I almost forgot about our special news. Um I don't know if it's special anymore because most people probably know who this is. I mentioned earlier that uh, someone is not with us today, and oh, yes. a, and he is a former president of AFIO, and he, you probably already guessed it because it's probably pretty obvious. Uh, Kevin Chu, former president of Alpha Omega, has agreed <laughs> for now to appear as a I want to say regular on the podcast. Oh, cool, exquisite. But we'll see because. In my opinion, this is a burning garbage truck out of control going down a hill. Oh, that's a, <laughs> the, the most fun type of garbage truck, in my humble opinion. Uh, Anyways, ladies well, and gentlemen, this, this, that, this has that been... That mean we're going full speed ahead if we're going yeah. downhill. So, yeah. Agreed. So, this is happening regardless. Yeah. Anyways, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the APOZL podcast. And... Thank you.